Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to week two, episode two of Beyond the Negotiation on Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Tiger, and I am with my friend and co-host, Higgins Success. Yes, we, we've heard a little bit about our last names, and we still will have that poll. Thank you so much for listening to everybody that listened to episode one. We're super excited to be back with episode two. Today, we are talking about frequently asked questions, questions that you might no, you might not know. You might be interested in what we have to say. So that is what this episode will look like. But beforehand, Higgins, how was your weekend? Hey, how's it going, Tiger? It's going well, going well. That's good. Uh, I had a pretty good weekend. I mean, uh, I finally get to stay home. I got to stay home this past weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so no real travel or anything like that. Basically just woke up and caught college game day. And I was glued to the TV from 12 p.m. until probably 12 a.m. You were the blob. You were a blob. (laughs) Were you in the same place? I have to ask. I was not. This was the first weekend I was on the road. And I I was kind of disappointed. I missed my right side of the couch. So were you in the Um, same spot? Well, uh, yeah, I I typically (laughs) watch the games from the same spot. I mean, you get up every now and then and grab yourself a nice beverage, nice cold beverage. But for the most part, I was glued. I was in the same spot. Um, saw some real good games. Um, welcome back to Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that Penn State versus Indiana game, man. I mean, I don't know if you got to saw the ending of that game. I did. But it, it was awesome. It, big call, right? Big play in the end right there, going for two. Uh, the quarterback, you know, scrambling and having the awareness to just dive and reach over the goal line. That was crazy. So shout out to IU. I know you, you have your ties to IU, obviously. Yes. Yes. I love, yes. Yes. It was, it was, it was exciting to see. And I, I am close to IU and it's, I'm happy to see everybody excited. And yeah, it was a very, like you said, the instinct was there. Uh, So fantastic. I listened to most of my games because I was actually on the road to Orlando for a one of my Buffalo Bills legends had a uh, charity event uh, at a uh, Buffalo Bills group in Florida. They are all around the United States. Bills Mafia is absolutely, absolutely amazing. So I was on the road, but I was listening and I did I did catch the end of that game. And I, on Sunday, we, we watched the Bills Jets game, which was interesting. It was interesting. And, uh, the Bills ended up winning and we raised over a thousand dollars for the American Cancer Society and, you know, COVID protocol. We made, you know, we had fun with the fans and raffled off some really fun items and it was a great day for a great cause. So it was fun. It was nice. It was nice to be around fans, you know, distant socially distant, but it was nice to be back with the fans and doing what I love to do and working with some of my clients. So it was a good weekend. Hey, there you go. As long as you can make some money and raise some money at the same time, 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah he is uh aaron williams shout out to you we had a great event you know he's great with the fans and it, it was a fun time so and thank you to the bills but shall we dive into it so faqs and we we had a lot i we did some polling on instagram to kind of aid these questions but let's just dive into it because I think these are a lot of things that they're asked. And I think we want to give our perspective and there's going to be a lot of different perspectives on these. So first and foremost, do you need a law or sports management degree to become an agent? I guess overall, what degrees, degree or degrees do you need to be an agent? I'll let you start. Well, I mean, honestly, um, you don't need a sports management degree, right? So, you know, if we're being honest, uh, you do not need to specialize in sports management. And if you decide to take that route, right, it's a very broad degree, right? It's Correct. a very broad range, right? It goes anywhere from maybe running your local boys and girls club sports activities or YMCA's to being an athletic director on a college level or being even, you know, someone at the professional level. Now, with that being said, I did earn my bachelor's of um, science and sports management from the University of Florida, right? And I also stayed there for grad school. So I earned my master's of science as well as my bachelor's of science in the same field in sports management, right? I don't know why I did the same field. Um, pretty much just, you know, I was, I was comfortable with Gainesville, one. I didn't want to leave after um, undergrad. I wanted to stay there and pretty much just spend the next couple of years with the friends that I had made over the last four years of undergrad. But when I, when I think back on it, though, if I could do it again, I would probably, one, go do grad school at a different school, right? I wouldn't stay at UF for the extra two years. And two, I would not necessarily get my... So, uh, my, my master's in sports management. I think I would go something, you know, more, more specific, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe sports marketing or maybe, you know, advertising or something very specific where I can actually get into that particular um, area in the business. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, but I, I don't regret my time in Gainesville. Obviously, I learned a lot in the program. I learned a lot you know, from all, a lot of the professors at UF during my time there. And I met a lot of great friends and met a lot of great peers. And to this day, we still talk, right? Because because everyone is in sports somehow, in some field or in some role. So we still communicate. You know, when I go on trips, sometimes I'm, I'm going to a pro day and it's a former classmate from UF who's in charge of that day mm -hmm. activity, checking in agents and make sure everyone is following guidelines and all the rules. So, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed that, but no, um, you know, it, it's for me, I don't think it's necessary to have a sports management degree. What you think? Well, first and foremost, to actually get certified, you have to have in the NFL. So I'm not speaking on basketball. Um, I'm speaking on the NFL. So to go and take the test to get certified so you can negotiate NFL contracts, you have to have a secondary degree. So whether that's law, whether that's an MBA, whether that's a master's of whatever it may be, you need that. 
and or what is it? Seven years of negotiating experience. Is that what right. it is? It's I believe so, it's seven. Yeah, seven years of negotiating okay. experience. So that's a lot. And from from the grapevine, I've heard that that can be kind of difficult to prove. So it's easier. You got the degrees. You're ready to go. So just to kind of lay that on out there. Now, what degree should I get? I have my undergrad in sports management, and then I decide to get an MBA. Uh, that was just kind of the route I decided to take as a business owner, kind of wanting to get the degree to be able to take the test type of situation. And that it really helped me, I have to say, because I did learn a lot of different things. I kind of learned, I took classes in HR, I took classes, but I did specialize in the sports, mar- sports, I guess you could say I took sports law class, I took sports administration, and I took uh, quite a few sports classes, but it wasn't an actual sports management degree as a master's program. It was an overall business degree. And I think for me, at least in my particular situation, being a business owner, someone that wanted to completely do it, really do it all, because that's what you have to do as an entrepreneur. It really helped me because now I kind of revert back. Honestly, I still look at notes from my master's and it really helped me. However, however, am I doing everything? Absolutely not. You know, i I, I know where my strengths are and my weaknesses are, and I know when to bring on absolute professionals to do certain things. But I think it really depends on what you want to do. And we'll kind of touch base on this in a question asked later. Every agent's going to be different. There is not a universal way to go about doing this, this job. Some people do it part-time. Some people do it full-time. Some people do it you know, they have one client and that's all they need. It really depends. So I think that's the best answer. It has to fit what you want. If you want to do it full-time, my best advice, and at least, or at least what has helped me has been being able to be very adaptable to what the client needs. So that means marketing. That means community service. I, I know how to, you know, start a nonprofit and a 501c3. I can do that for them. And at that point, you know, I think it's it's learning, it's being adaptable. It's it's having the mentality of not, oh, I don't know how to do that. Okay, I will find out, but also doing it the right way. You don't want to just do it to do it. You want to do it the right way. So whatever, whatever that works for you, every we all are different, you know. You're a mathematician, Higgins, and I am not. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say a mathematician, but I mean, uh-huh. I can help, I can help myself, right? I can, I can figure out, you know, a couple variables here and there, right? Now, did you have a favorite <clears throat> class in your field? Like, was there a class that, when you look back, you know, however many years ago, you say, you know what, I really enjoyed that class. Maybe it was the people in the class, maybe it was the professor, maybe it was the topics, right? But I think we all have that class yeah. that when we think back about on college that we say, I miss that class. Yes. I have a couple. It definitely oh, was my oh. sports law classes. Cause I, one of my mentors was a former agent and he, I loved my sports law classes. Cause we really had to just dive into it. 
And I really did love my public relation classes. I loved it. I loved get, I call me crazy. Here's a problem, like a huge problem. So it was like, here's your client. This is what happened. What are you going to do? I mean, people that enjoy that are crazy. So I'm crazy, but it's okay. I really enjoyed that because it taught me a lot of things and it taught me how to just handle things in a calm and collective manner. However, now I'm, I'm going to be 30 in less than two months. Oh <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. Dirty. 30. Hey, we got to make sure we celebrate now. We got, we got to, got to go big, right, go big or go home. Tiger. <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. I can't. I, I was like, can I postpone it like everything else? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I have two little sisters and they both had summer birthdays. So I told them that until next year, they're the same age. OK, Since can I do the same go thing? To Disney World, we didn't get to go anywhere. They're staying the same age for another 365 days. All right. So I'll be one happens. of your sisters. Everyone Let's do the same thing. You, you, there you go. I don't think I'm going to be allowed to do that. But I have a favorite class too. Um, at the University of Florida, I think it was grad school. Did you go to the, I mean, okay. I, just kidding. <laughs> Tell us where yeah. you went again. Come on now. You know, there's only one university in the entire state of Florida. <laughs> okay. It is the University of Florida. All right, go Gators. Um, but in grad school, my sports sociology class, right? Um, shout out to Dr. Bop, right? Um, mm -hmm. that, was the, that was our professor. And I enjoyed sports sociology because, again, you have 15 to 20 people in the class and everyone have their own opinions, right? So everyone's raised in a different environment. Everyone has different life experiences and you get an opportunity to dive into very sensitive subjects, I would say, right? For instance, talking about the lack of women athletic directors on a collegiate level, mm -hmm. right? So obviously, you know, sitting in that class and having those conversations or about the lack of African-American head coaches on the college level when, you know, 75 to 80% of the players are Black or African-American. So I really enjoyed that class. It allowed me to speak. It allowed me to listen to my counterparts, to my peers and, you know, see where they're coming from. And I think we handled it well, right? We were all young adults at that point. And we, even though a conversation may not go the way that you imagine it, it may not go the way that yes. you want it to go. You learn to sit there and you listen to the other side. You listen to what they have to say. So I took a lot from that class that, you know, to this day, I still think about, I'm like, man, I wish I could have one more conversation in Dr. Bob's class. Just one more go at it. Maybe we can. I mean, maybe you can. Should we reach? I mean, but reverting back to what you just said, I think it's a good closing going into our next question. It It's important to agree to disagree. Like we said in episode one, and I think that's what makes these relationships that you build in sports so important because you're not going to have the same relation or the same experiences excuse me as everybody else but it doesn't mean that that's your enemy or that's somebody to be against it's just we're all different and we all come from so many different walks of life however as a relationship built business 
it's crucial to be able to agree to disagree, but be able to articulate how you feel. How does one become an NFL agent? So we kind of touched on it, the education. So what you do is really, I want to say what, there's a 30-day window you can apply on the NFLPA website, correct? Right. So I think that um, application date starts somewhere around January. January. Yeah. And the deadline is early February. Yeah, it's super small. And you apply, you pay, you pretty much give them a lot of references in your everything. You really, it's a long, it's a lengthy application for some others, probably not so much if you're earlier in your career. And then you wait, you wait, and you are waiting to hear if you are able to sit for the exam. The exam is usually in the summer, covid created a lot of obstacles this year and the exam is in Washington DC open CBA open notes like open everything at this point in time however big however you need to prep for this exam so if you are an agent you want to take the test next year you want to take the test in two years you have to prep so what is the CBA that's the collective bargaining agreement it is like the holy grail for everything NFL, NFL PA. And it has everything in it. And honestly, it's it's pretty straightforward, at least in my opinion. However, you just have to know where to go. So a question might say, if you have a practice squad player that is playing in, I guess I'll do the future, 2021, and he plays for, you know, they're going to put the weeks, they're going to throw something else in there. You have to be able to say, okay, practice squad salary, um, or practice squad, you know, weekly, and then you're going to go to the page, you flip, you got to do the math. If you're opening this document up for the first time, no way in hell will you know where to look. Am I right? You're right. Um, I mean, for, for me, I know uh, myself and a couple of the guys that I took the test with that year, we actually used the online version we we use the electronic version of the cba oh really yeah we converted the cba to an electronic version no no so basically we're able to search keywords and terms and basically go to that page right because you're against time so you're trying to find the quickest way to get to what you need to get to right? we don't want to waste five minutes Flip. Oh my gosh. Tiger has the actual CBA. And it's tabbed. Oh, oh this is tabbed. It's, tab. it's colored. It's tabbed. It's, it's neat. I could not tell you where mine is right now. I could, even if you offered me a million dollars, I would not be able to find this it. This is, right? this defines me. <laughs> but they do send it to you, right? So basically, you know, it's not like you have to go out in the stores and buy the CBA, right? The NFLPA, once you're approved for the test, they send you all the documents you need. So pretty much they send you the CBA booklet. They also send you another sources document. With the benefits, right? So you yeah. have the materials with you. And as Tiger mentioned, it's open book. It's open notes. You can use the internet. You can use whatever it is that you have or that you find. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think there is much out there to use, but <laughs> there, are a few, there are a few websites, right? There are a few people that can help you. Yes. I know for myself, I did purchase 
a membership with Inside the League. Me, so shout out to Neil. 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 Yeah, man. Neil definitely helps out a lot of the young agents. He's one of the guys that if you're looking to jump into this business, I would definitely say get in touch with Neil Stratton from Inside the League. Right? They do a great job over there. They help out. You can ask him questions about the profession. And he's going to keep it honest, right? I, I, I like going to people that I know are going to keep it real with me, mm -hmm. regardless if it's going to be what I want to hear, regardless if it's going to be against what I'm thinking. I want the truth. I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So it, it was very it was very interesting. But it, Neil definitely helped out, even showed up. He, he showed up. I was not expecting him to show up to Indy. He was there, you know, and, and we met, you know, outside of the, premises obviously you know and I think we had lunch or it's some breakfast or something like that but he was just there to support and to me that meant a lot you know it's like having your mom or dad there when you're doing you know when you're having a competition so I was like yeah Neil got my back I'm ready to go let's go Wait, what Bring you, you, said, you took your test in Indy sorry did I say Indy it's DC, DC. oh <laughs> It's that combine, man. I love. He's getting Andy. really old. He just—he's <laughs> old. I, I just, he can't remember. It is not in Indy. The combine is in Indy. The test is in Washington D.C. The NFLPA headquarters are in D.C. It is actually yeah. in the Ritz Carlton. I mean, there is no denying. You give him the fancy hotel. It smells like. I mean, it smells like Chanel. It just, you know, you go there and it's nice. But Neil, yeah, shout out to Neil. He's wonderful. If you are looking to take the test or get into the business at any capacity, I really recommend that as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry to cut you off. I was just a little confused. No, it's fine. I don't know why I said Andy. Um, I guess I'm thinking about the combine already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love combine. Do you? I do. Okay. Don't we all? Don't we all? But anyways, it's, if you prepare, you should be good. It really is. And then, you know, just to knock out a couple key points too, you get to take the test twice. Uh, so if you fail the first time, and it's, it's a scaled score of, I believe, 70%. Yeah, correct. Yeah, 70%, I think. And if you... You don't really know what the scale is upon. So that's another anxiety moment there. And if you fail, you can take it again. And if you fail again, you cannot take it for another five years. So that is that. Moving on. What are the costs of being an agent? Shall we touch on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, money's a big part of it. The entire process even before you actually certify, yeah. right? So we mentioned earlier that you do have to apply to sit for the test in January. So with that application, there's a fee, right? It's $2,500, yeah. right? So you have to pay the $2,500 along with your application just to even be um, approved or denied, right? And it's also non-refundable. So, so if, if you're denied... The NFLPA say, no, you cannot take the test in July. They don't give that $2,500 back, right? So that's $2,500, right? Also, we said, yes, you have to go to D.C. in person to take the test. So on top of the cost, like Higgins was talking about, the cost that it is to 
get the application in and then you have to pay to go to take the test, you have to start somewhere. I'm not saying there haven't been agents that have done this without some money in the bank, but that's probably very rare. Uh, If I had to, I didn't take that survey, but I think it's very rare because it's, it's expected that you pay if, if a player is projected at a certain, I don't know, because a caliber, you are expected to pay for that player. Of course you are. You have to take care of them. That's our job. So you have to pay for it. Where are you going to have that money? So I think it's important to let that be known because I don't know if a lot of people, I get asked that question quite a bit. How much money should I have? Is it $200? Is it $200,000? I think it varies. It varies. For every agent or someone that wants to get into this business that's confused about what like the initial investments are going to look like their first couple of years, what would you say your average was for a potential late round draft pick slash priority free agent type of player? Somebody who will get signed, what was your number there? For, for me, I think when I sit down, you know, if, if a guy's projected late round or like you said, priority free agent, for me, some somewhere in the range of ten to $15,000, right? And that includes training, that includes housing, that includes Ooh, meals, yeah. right? If you're going to provide a per diem um, each month, that includes that per diem as well. And I think that's a fair number based on conversations with other agents and what they're spending on guys. I think if you're looking at a late round guy to a priority free agent, um, the average is somewhere from 10 to 15,000. Yeah, I agree with that. So for everybody listening, I get that question asked a lot. So it's, it's probably in the 10 ish range on the low, no high. I mean, it's to each their own. I've heard some crazy stories, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> Anyways, shall we move on to my favorite question? Shall we? Are you ready? What's your favorite question? Do you know what it is? So do you want to ask me? <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, I can ask you. All right. So, so this is me back at Florida meeting Sam Tiger, right? The famous agent, Sam Tiger. All right, so I'm I'm interested in becoming an NFL agent, and obviously, you know, I don't want to work for free. So I'm, I'm gonna walk up to Tiger and I'm gonna say, "Hey, Tiger, how are agents paid? How do you get paid, Tiger?" I get paid. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is the question. That was a wonderful. I mean, should I pitch you to Fox Sports or you know ESPN? Maybe I should. Uh, yeah, that was very, you know, you took that a different route. I like that. Yes. So how do agents get paid and why do I like this? Because I am a living example, a walking example of someone who can talk about this. So (laughs) let's dive into it. I actually did a poll on my Instagram today and I got some really good good responses. So how do agents get paid? NFL agents, and it's different for every 
like every league. So the NBA is going to be different than the NFL. It's going to be different than baseball. I don't know. I know NFL. So that's what I'm speaking on. So don't quote me for every single, you know, league. It is a commission based business. What does that mean for what you don't, if people don't understand that until your client gets paid, you don't get paid. Oh, okay, Sam. Okay. That sounds great. But there are restrictions on that. So what that means is practice squad, you don't make commission off practice squad. You don't make commission off of if they go to the Super Bowl, if they go to the Pro Bowl. That's fine. It's just, it's what it is. And that is because the players determine this. So the NFLPA, they have a group of players that determine what all this looks like. I'm not against it. It just is what it is. So what does that mean? If the player's on the 53-man roster, you make commission off of that at a max of 3%. So we only can make 3% of what they make on their game checks. Not practice squad, no all-star, you know, not all-star game, excuse me. Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, no. What else can you do, Sam? So what about marketing? Marketing, that's not that regulated. So I'll be very clear. You do not need to be certified by the NFLPA to become a marketing representative. So if there is something called an MRN, marketing representation notification, So that is pretty much if, so say, let's, let's say Higgins is a player. Higgins is my client. I am not an agent. I'm his marketing rep. He's signed with another agent, but Higgins is going to be my marketing or I'm going to be Higgins marketing rep. I will be on his MRN. And with that being said, That doesn't have any numbers on it. All that actually is, is when, so say Higgins is going to be, he is the best linebacker for, where do you want to play Higgins? What, what team? Growing up, I've always been a Dolphins fan. Okay. So Higgins plays for the Dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) He's a Dolphins fan. He's balling. He's going to be in a Pepsi commercial. So he's going to make some money from it. So they're going to want to get in touch with me. So I'm on his MRN and it's just basically just to communicate. However, I, as a marketing person, can determine Higgins is going to pay me X amount of what I get him. Now that's not regulated. No one is saying that has to be 3%, but there is an industry standard kind of average. You don't want to say, I want 50% of all of your clients' earnings. That's crazy talk. I've heard some crazy things. For me, at least, I am a marketing person. I do my players' marketing. I do marketing for, I started out in marketing. I go between 5 and 10%, which is pretty standard. You might say, well, Sam, that's really high. Not necessarily. So if we're talking about, We're doing a signing. I'm doing a signing. And we're at a mall. We are at, where in Miami? Where are we? Are we at the Dolphin Mall? We're at the Dolphin Mall. 
we're doing a signing. Higgins is there. There's only so many people coming. We're going to, you know, charge $20 per photo. We get, I don't know. You know, you know, everyone's coming to see me. Come on. Okay. Well, that's not that crazy. Let's just be normal. So we're in COVID. Everybody's six feet apart. People are scared. It's, it's, flo- but it's an awful example because it's Florida. But anyways, so all I'm saying is 10%, is it high? Not necessarily. It might be for the contracts that are, you know, multi-million dollar, but on average marketing, you know, it, it depends. It really depends. And it depends on the market that the player is in. There's a lot that goes into it. So that kind of nails down the percentages there. Agents, NFLPA, we do not make any more than 3%. It can be zero. It can be three. Marketing, it kind of varies. It depends. So what else? So why do you guys do this job? It is something that I think in this business, you have to understand. If you want to work in sports, you have to get to a point where you have a resume, but you also have references and you have a lot of people that can vouch for you. So well, Sam, you know, I have a resume. I did this and this and this. So all I'm saying is you're going to have to work for free at some point in time because that's just the way the industry is set up. I did a poll on my Instagram today and I asked how for everybody that follows me, most of my followers are, you know, sports and entertainment for the most part. I have a lot of sports and entertainment people. And it wasn't just agents that responded, but the average, I did the average five years that people worked for free before they started making an income. Five years. Does that mean that people don't have money coming in? Of course not. But that means they were fighting for their career in sports while they were trying to, while they were doing other things. It's almost like Hollywood. You know, you see people, I want to move out to California and to become an actress, an actor, and they do other jobs. That's, that's a lot like us. And I don't think we talk about that much because it's, I don't know, maybe we don't want to sound like that, but how do you feel about that? Five years. And this is, Higgins, it was a broadcaster, a couple agents, one said four, one said five, an assistant athletic director, excuse me. And I mean, for me, my number is five. For, okay. I mean, well, I, can, I can see where it could take five years. Um, I know for me, the first three years of being an agent, I made zero dollars, mm-hmm. right? So the first three years, no guys on active 53, no money coming in, right? So mind you, each year, you're still paying league fees. You're still paying insurance. You're still spending money on recruiting and signing players, right? But you don't have nothing coming back. Fortunately for me, the last couple of years, I have been, you know, I've had the opportunity to have a couple guys make 53s. So I've been getting something back. But definitely the first three years as an agent, nothing coming in um just basically putting up just expenses so I, I definitely can see you know three 
I always say, I say this with all due respect for everybody that wants to work in sports. Only the strong survive. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I, I've had I've had a couple nights where you know I sit there and I ask myself, Higgins, are you why sure are you, you doing this? Right? Why are you doing this? Are you sure you want to do this? Especially, like I said, especially after you know during those first couple of years, you know, you put in so much time. You're flying from one city to the next. You're you're going every weekend. You're on the road. Either you're driving ten hours or you're flying 10 hours, you're meeting with this person, meeting with that person. So when you know how much you're putting in and you're not seeing that instant ROI, yeah. Right, or you're not seeing that instant return, it's like, you know, some self-doubt start to creep in. You know, you start to doubt and ask yourself, is this for me? You know, am I, am I meant to become an agent? Am I meant to, you know, be this sports guy? You know, did I choose the right career? Did I choose the right path? And that's normal, right? I think for us, you know, just like our athletes, at some point, a lot of athletes go through that, right? Yes. They're on practice squad and they're asking themselves, you know, why am I here? I'm not playing. I'm not on a 53. You know, I'm practicing every day. Every day I'm busting my butt, but I've been on practice squad for two years, right? So for me, I definitely had those moments where I, I had to ask myself, you know, is this for me? And like you said, and, I, and I, instead of saying, you know, only the strong survive, I always go back to being in Gainesville. Only gators get out alive. Right? So <laughs> okay. There it is for me, baby. I'm a gator, so I know I'm going to get out alive, right? That, that's the only way to go. We are going to wrap up with our last question. What does a typical day look like as an NFL agent? Because... It is not like ballers for, I, eh, I don't want to say a percentage, but most of us are not living like ballers because that's a TV show and life is not a TV show. So Higgins, how do you feel about that? Well, let me share a quick secret with you, right? I have never, ever seen ballers. I saw two episodes because I was in a hotel in Cleveland and that's the only <laughs> station. That's the only station that HBO. So yeah, like, um, as I was saying, I've, I've never watched ballers, but I know for me, um, a, a normal, none of our days are alike, right? So yes. it, it, it all depends on the time of year, what you're doing. Like right now it's recruiting season, right? So for me, I'm on the road probably every weekend. I'm flying somewhere. I'm going to watch a player play live if that school allows fans, right? I've caught, I've been able, I've been fortunate to watch a couple of games live, or I'm going to meet with a, a potential client and their families, or I'm meeting with a potential partner, right? I'm meeting with marketing groups, I'm meeting with different companies and different people um, in different places. So a lot of my weekends are spent working, right? Because throughout the week, like throughout the week, I'm teaching, right? Uh, like I said before, I'm a middle school math teacher, right? So I don't spend, I don't wake up at, you know, 7 a.m. and do agent work all throughout the week, right? So so for me, it's mostly on the weekends. In the evenings, you know, I jump on a call with a potential client. I jump on a call with parents or I jump on a call with another agent and kind of go through things. And then if there's something that we need to catch up on, um, I go ahead and do that, right? So that, that's pretty much 
how I handle things throughout the recruiting season, honestly. Yeah. For me, it looks different. My, and, and that's the thing I think everybody needs to understand. There is not one, oh, well, I'm an agent. And I always say this to everybody that asks me. There is no, once you get certified, so say, okay, so we talked about the test. You go to DC, you take the test, you pass, you pay the money. There you go. There's no book that says, okay, this is what you do. No, 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 you're on your own. And at that point in time, either you you join an agency if you're lucky. If not, it's like the wild, wild west. You know, every every man and woman for themselves. And yeah, you, you do what you have to do. And at that point, you just, you learn. You hopefully have developed contacts already. So you're not like 50 steps behind. You're only 25 steps behind. And at that point, you really, you know, just develop those connections and you really hope to kind of go from there. But at least for me, somebody that does do marketing, it looks a little different. Uh, I, I do marketing for NFL legends. If you don't know what that is, it's players that have retired and they are still active members of the teams that they played for. So I've got Ravens, I've got Bills. Bills are huge. So the Bills legends are fantastic. Jeremy Kelly, I absolutely am so thankful for everything you do for me and our clients. And Ravens, wonderful. It's it's just one of those things that I, I do. I still work for my players. I do their marketing. So they're still, you know, working with me on a marketing capacity. So I'm very blessed that I'm able to do that. But what does that entail? It entails a lot of things. Charity events, community service, community outreach. It's it's a lot of moving pieces. So it is a full-time job. And that's really what I, I mean, I, I love what I do, but it's a lot of work. And that's on top of everything that Higgins was talking about, the recruiting. So it's, it's a lot of things. So that is a full-time job in itself. Did I always work full-time? Absolutely not. Sam Tiger management was not always full-time. I did work in recruiting for other companies. I did, you know, different jobs here and there, but I've been very lucky that this has become full-time. However, now it's a time management thing. It really is. It's okay. I have to allocate this time for this, this time for this, because it's a lot of work. Every event takes a lot of time. Every, you know, recruiting takes a lot of time. There's a lot of things that go into it. So no agent is going to look the same. If you are an agent that has an offer to sign with a large agency and you are just going to become, not just, excuse me, if you are going to become in like an associate, you know, agent that just got certified, you're going to, it's going to look different for you. It's, it's different. There is no one way to go about, but I think one thing is universal as an agent you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to work 365. So I don't know, Higgins, what you can add about that 365. Obviously, I don't want to say 24-7, but our phones are, it's very cliche. It's very cliche, but our phones are always on us, correct? Correct. My, my phone's always around. It's always in my hand. 
Um, I mean, sometimes I'm at a game watching a player. Meanwhile, you know, I'm checking the score or I'm checking the stat of another player that I'm recruiting or, you know, I'm texting back someone that I've been in communications with. So it's definitely, you know, there's no real off season for agents, right? Our players have off season, but we're always working. We're always working on their behalf. Now, I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, going to bed at a certain time. And quite honestly, I go to bed with my phone on silent, right? I've been doing that since college because the, the, because once I wake up, I cannot go back to sleep. So once I lay down, I say, all right, it's time to go to bed. I put my phone on silent. So if someone needs me, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm really not available until the next morning, right? I am a morning person. I wake up super early. Yes, you do. And that's why we are friends. <laughs> so if you call me late, expect an early morning call back from me. All right. But it's definitely, you know, it's seven days a week. You're constantly working. You know, even after you get guys drafted, maybe a week later, you start on your next draft class, right? You start reaching out to the next year's players and you start putting together your list of recruiting and who you're going to target. Watching. So, yeah. It's, it's a right, lot. You're watching games. You're watching, you're going to spring games, you, you know, you're checking out who's big, who, you know, who's making first team all conference, second team all conference. So you always working, right? yeah. but we love it. You know, we chose this, this is what we do for a living, you know, so no complaints, obviously. No, I love this. And sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, Oh my, you know, you just, I'm like, why am I stressing when this was, this is my dream and I built this. So it's, it's really cool. And I think it's something that if it, if it's really what you want and you're willing to put in the time, then it's, it's right for you. All right. So thank you for joining us again. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Friday morning. Again, shout out to Draft Diamonds. All right, we appreciate yes. it. Check us out, NFLDraftDiamonds.com. Check us out on Believe Podcast Network. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, all your favorite platforms every Friday morning. Tune in Beyond the Negotiation. Show me the money. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube